Hello, my name is Wallace and I'm a pastor. Today I want to share with you a very encouraging word about God and his provision. About God and him keeping us even in the midst of trials, in the midst of pandemics, tsunamis, sickness, worry. God is our keeper. He is our deliverer. His name is Yahweh. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of the living and not the dead. Amen. I want to share with you out of the book of Kings, the first book, first Kings chapter 17. This book is important because it reveals to us so much about the grace and love of God and his provision and his power and his persistence to work in the midst of an evil and wicked, disobedient world. A disobedient people, he still works and brings about salvation and goodness, working out his perfect plan in an imperfect world. That's what God does. The whole book of 1 Kings, for sure, predominantly is about a bunch of evil kings back to back to back to back. There's a whole host of kings that are disobedient. And therefore, because of their disobedience, the people of Israel, all around Israel, face consequences because of their sin. They turn to other gods, they please the people, and these kings face the consequences. But there are a couple of good kings throughout, so it's not all bad. But even in the midst of this whole host of evil kings, God is working. In this particular chapter, in chapter 17 of 1 Kings, you have two characters outside of God, Elijah and the widow. You see, you have God working in and through Elijah and the widow in a wicked world. So you have this story where Elijah the prophet is not liked by Ahab the king. So God provides him protection. And my friend, it's in the most unlikely, unbelievable way. God guides Elijah to go to a creek, man, to a brook, to a small water source during, listen to this, during a drought. Because of the sin of the people, God brought about this drought. Okay? Now, it's important to know in the context and what's going on at this time is that the people had turned and even the Israelites had turned to other gods. Like, for example, Baal. Which, interestingly enough, how ironic it is that Baal is a fertility god. Which means that he brings, supposed to bring, the rain for the crops. Well, there's a drought going on. (laughs) Where is this Baal? So, God brings about the consequences to the sin of the people by bringing the drought. He preserves light in a dark world by telling Elijah to go away, to to get him away from this king who's out to kill him. And he says, I want you to go to this brook and I want you to go to this water source and you're going to drink from the brook for a while and I'm going to send birds. That's right. I'm going to send birds to feed you there. And he does day and night, day and night, 
day and night. And the scripture doesn't say how long, but it's for a while. Could have been months. Could have been a couple of years. So God is providing for him. Now there's a problem. The book, the brook dries up. And it says here that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land in verse 7 of 1 Kings 17. And so the word of the Lord came to him and he said, Go to a place called Zarephath, which is a small village or town on the Mediterranean coast um, where uh, it's in a larger area called Phoenicia. And there's a lot of history there. It's built up. There's a lot of different people there. That's where Baal worship reigns. The fertility God. The God who's supposed to provide rain for the crops. But they too are facing this drought. But yet God continues to provide for Elijah as he goes from one unlikely circumstance to the next. He goes from the brook where God provides using birds and the water from the brook to go to this place that he is probably uh, a minority because this is a Gentile area, those that are not Israelites, a place of Baal worship, and yet God calls Elijah to go there to find a widow of all people, an unlikely poor woman who is a Gentile. It makes no sense, man, but this is how God provides. He provides in the most unlikely circumstances. And so here we have Elijah, go to this widow. And the widow is there, and, and he engages her and says, Look, I, I, you're asking me, Elijah, for some water and some food, but listen, I, only, I don't have much, okay? I, I, don't have, I, I don't have bread. I only have a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. You see, and I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And so she's down and out. She's overwhelmed by this drought. She doesn't have food and water. And here, she's a widow. She doesn't have a husband. She doesn't have somebody to take care of her. But oh, my, 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 how the word is so enlightening and encouraging here. Who is her provider? Yet she does not see it. She does not see it coming. But she says and shows her faith, even as a Gentile woman, even when she could say, Yahweh, you are nothing. You have failed me. Because look, I have no husband. And here I am struggling with my family and my household, trying to run this, stuck in my house, with no little to no food and water. But she says in verse 12, As the Lord your God lives. You see, she believes in Yahweh. She's going to do it. She does it. Okay? Elijah encourages her. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. So in the midst of her pandemic, in the midst of her tsunami, in the midst of her trials and tribulations, God is providing in a very unlikely way. It's amazing to see her faith. It's amazing to see the faith of Elijah. In the midst of a wicked world, God is working in and through Elijah and the widow. But it continues. So they eat, and it continues. Things are good, right? And a little time passes, and what do we have? We have our son. Her son is sick. The sickness has led him to where he's not even breathing, and the scripture indicates that he is dead. And then she says, what have I to do with you, 
Elijah, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? So, so we see here her theology is exposed. She thinks that her sin in her life may have been may have been the cause of this death. She thinks that the result of this situation with her son dying is her sin. This is this is not the case. We don't know that, but her theology is a little jacked up. It's a little it's a little wrong. It's it's inaccurate. And so be careful your thinking and your theology. We learn from this widow that it could be stray voltage. Anyway, Elijah says to her, give me your son. He lays on the child, takes him up in the upper room, lays upon him, prays to God, bringing this tragedy and this situation unto God. He does it three times, the scripture says. It says, then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. And the story ends this way. Elijah says, here you go, here's your boy. Your son lives, verse 24. Then the woman said to Elijah, now by this, I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. And so this story is not about making Elijah a rock star. It's not necessarily making this woman a rock star so that others would see her faith and want to be like her. In a sense, they are to be encouraged by Elijah. They are to see the light of the world in Elijah and in this woman, a God who is real. Ironically, the God who provides when Baal is not providing. All these things that bring comfort and stability and sustainment have been taken away. The comfort and the things they take for granted, like water, have been taken from them to, as a forcing function for them to see who the one true living God is. My friend, we need to see the same thing when we are going through hard times. The pandemics, when our health is taken from us. When our husband or our wife is taken from us, who do we really trust in? Where do we put our lives? This is a good time in history. Because life is now seen as very fragile. It's not in our control. And yet we are forced to depend and rely on something beyond ourselves. I hope that the eyes of man can see this, that they would turn to the truth, that they would turn to Jesus Christ, that even in our broken world, yes, we live in a broken, sinful, dark world, there's still truth. So be encouraged, look around, see God's provision in the most unlikely way, because he's doing it and he always does this. He's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is the same God. If you are a Christian born again and you are following Christ, he has not changed like he worked for Elijah and he was doing these things, working not for, working through Elijah, working in the life of Elijah, showing himself to Elijah. And by, and not, not to mention, he's building the faith of Elijah, providing for his needs at the brook, setting him up for success to put his faith in God when he goes to this village to meet this widow. And later on in life, as he goes with Elisha to do more ministry and to be working and serving the Lord. 
God is building up his faith saying, I am your provider. See how I provided. Remember me. I am the one true living God. My friend, be encouraged and know that God in a wicked world is working his perfect plan out. Be encouraged. Lord bless you.